Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours, the show about craft, creativity, and putting in your time. I'm one of your hosts, Grant Spanier, and I'm joined today by... Uh, me, Vince Kochi. I guess every day. Every single day, you and me together, Grant. Man, I wish. I wish we, we got to spend every day together. Unfortunately, we don't. But uh, today's episode is is number 10. We're hitting the double digits, which is a big Exciting milestone time, for the cast. For sure. Very exciting, and we had uh, Jason Headley on, the uh, writer, director, film guy out of San Francisco, who we originally met on Creatives Go West, uh, which is a documentary project Vince and I You've worked on. You've heard us on. talk about it before. I'm sure, I'm sure you have. And uh, we caught up with Mr. Headley, who's, who's since gone on to some YouTube fame, had some really uh, big videos, he's just, just making stuff, pounding it out, just so good to talk to that dude. Yeah, it was a... Uh, what did, uh, yeah, what was, did we uh, talk about, Vince? Yeah, he was, uh, he was great. We talked about a little of everything, really, but the the topic of discussion was the freelance life and what that entails, what it means, how it stacks up against a normal nine to five, the freedoms it allows, and the pitfalls that lie within. And we got into it. It was, uh, I think, it illuminated some things. It was cathartic for me to get some stuff off my chest. It was fascinating for me. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> uh, Speaking of freelancing, uh, one of the big tools that enables my freelance career and my studio career is Harvest, uh, today's sponsor. And Harvest is a time tracking and invoicing tool. Uh, I use it to set my budgets, to send my invoices, get paid. Uh, I work with contractors on it. I track all my time, which is hugely beneficial. And uh, it's it's good for my clients, too, because they know what they're getting. And uh, it just streamlines the whole and process. And it's kind of fun, actually. Fun, a yeah. bit at least. But, sort of gamifies the accounting. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. I would say so. Um, and uh, you should go get the 30-day free trial. Check it out. And, and after that, when, I'm not even going to say if, when you decide you really like the tool and you want to uh, pay for the subscription, uh, use the promo code 10K. Uh, that's 10K for 50% off your first Great month. Great deal. Great deal. And that's Great all at getharvest.com. Thanks again to Harvest for sponsoring the show. And thanks again to Mr. Headley for joining us it was an excellent episode and i hope you guys enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed the conversation keep a fairly small dragon relatively speaking to um and and that that helps me relax yeah it really helps me relax because i'm like well you know this month wasn't as good but maybe next month will be fine but i'm not freaking out well Vinny, should i i mean do you just want to just want to kick us off and tell us what uh what you're putting your time into right now what you're working on yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, right now, I've been working uh, on a lot of stuff for the the office, the career. Uh, I'm working on a really mm. sweet project for a great client. Uh, it's an interesting product. They are going to be the first ever residential uh, shredding service. So it'll be like a, a door-to-door document disposal. Wow. Yeah, pretty interesting. They, uh, I can't I can't reveal the name just yet, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's a web campaign and a 
and a physical print campaign. So it's been Ooh, cool stuff. It it's been cool print. stuff. That's nice. That's fun. I like that. Yeah, it's been. Um, I mean, I always like writing for what I would call unique or strange products because you have to mm-hmm. do the research on it. I've learned more about uh, industrial and secure shredding than I ever thought I'd know. Uh, and now Dude, I'm a a bit, I have a bit of a paranoia <laughs> now about my mail. So. Oh man, I suppose they just pump you uh, pump you full of the fear, right? Exactly. It's kind of it's... like a insurance, sort of like an insurance play, right? Yeah. You, I, you guys should uh, take I'm a book out of the like mayhem campaign. Some Eastern European warlord is going to use my identity. I'll wake up in Guantanamo one morning. No, it's but it's been mm. a lot of fun work. It's been keeping me busy though. It's That's a fun. cool That's cool nice. project though. Uh, what about you, nice. Grant, my man? What have you been putting your time into? You know, just jamming. Jamming on a lot of design, some writing stuff, doing some scripting, which is good. Always trying to do more of that. Um, but honestly, putting a lot of time into recovery, knee surgery, yes. and uh, moving the studio from St. Paul to Minneapolis, which is very exciting. But uh, you know how it goes. A lot, of, uh, a lot of time and energy goes into that stuff. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. But today, we are talking to someone who is no... Minneapolite, is that the correct? Minneapolitan, right? I believe. Oh, Minneapolitan. Okay. Well, you learn something every every <laughs> podcast. Um, he is currently in San Francisco, beautiful San Francisco, for which I am jealous, and I'm sure you are a little bit, Deeply. Um We met this fellow uh, on Creatives Go West in our travels out there. Super bright, super cool dude, which I'm sure he's blushing right now. It's probably pretty awkward to hear. Uh, writer, filmmaker... Super creative guy. Uh, I would say writer director. Is that did I introduce you right, Mr. Jason Hadley? That's yeah. You left out handsome, but other than that, you got it all. <laughs> oh man! How could we forget? Get out of yeah. here, man. <laughs> That's fine. It's implied. Uh, yeah. So what are you? What are you putting your time into right now? Um, <clears throat> I'm yeah. I got a couple. I've got a couple of uh, ad projects that I'm working on. A couple of um, doing a treatment today for a um, commercial job that I'm up for to direct and um, I am getting ready to shoot um, on Thursday we're going to shoot some more of these at the bar videos that I do and um, oh, we very got funny a, by um, the way great stuff thanks we got a deal with the Sundance channel and they're going to be uh-huh. on the Sundance channel in like a hey, sponsored that is very cool uh, man very very cool yeah, it's great. It's, it's uh, super fun to be able to, to like. It's great to be do, have done something for free and now be getting paid to do it. So that's just kind of hell. Yeah, that's the dream. What you man. hope for? If I had uh, percussion instruments, I would be hitting them. On a previous <laughs> podcast, we had we had promised um, we had, we were going to hold ourselves accountable and get some percussion, but we have not done so yet. Well, you have a so budget. Just you like got to work within your budget. Uh, exactly <laughs> constraints, yes. creativity exactly. constraints. <clears throat> well, that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, that uh, is exciting. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Um, taking it to uh so that'll be like like broadcast then yeah yep it'll be in like Jeez. it'll be in the commercial um block you know of of on sundance channel but they'll just be um little 60 second things the exact same thing i was doing before except we'll mm-hmm. have we'll have a a certain type of beer in our hand that's the difference but we don't have to mention the product or product anything. placement yeah. <laughs> it's a hell of an industry it's it's growing it's, i want to say it was like eight billion dollars last year or something like that yeah, I got I got seven for this, so it's great. Oh, you got wow! Yeah. No wonder you're playing a huge huge role in that industry. Yeah, it was a great contract. <laughs> we'll we'll link to those. We'll link to those old uh, those old at the bar videos, which are hilarious. Um, I'm a big fan. 
Um, and so I guess we're going to frame today's discussion around Mr. Headley, of course, but what, uh, what he is doing right now and what he has done for 14 odd years, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but as a freelancer, uh, a solo dude just kind of making his way through the dark and scary world that is creativity. Yeah. Is that yeah, I'm, accurate? I'm, a, I'm an old uh, grizzled freelancer. <laughs> I didn't say old or grizzled, man. No. You're sprightly. I would say you're sprightly. When we saw you last, you were sprightly. You were hopping around. Yeah. Yeah, for a little Oops. context, we met up with Mr. Headley for the first time out in San Francisco on our project, Creatives Go West. And he was an absolute delight in front of the camera. Very interesting guy, very gracious guy. And uh, it's really great to have you back and talk to you again, Jason. Yeah, it's cool that you guys are uh, doing this and, um, you know, making making your own thing. It's really cool. Yeah, we're still we're still making stuff. And, I mean, it's kind of um, in that same vein, you know. We're, we're trying to make our own sort of independent way. I've been independent, uh, you know, since I got out of school, so I actually never took a job, um, which comes with its own set of challenges. Uh, but maybe, I think, to kick things off, I'd be curious to just hear how you got started or... or uh, you know, w- when did you decide to go independent? Because I know you didn't start out as a freelancer. Right. Yeah. I I had a I had a job, um, and I, I was I started in the mailroom at an ad agency, and then I got promoted, and then I worked as a copywriter about three years at this place, and then went to another place, and it was during the crazy dot com heyday out here. And I had a friend who was working at another agency, and she said, and I had a band. That was the reason I'd moved to California in the first place, was to be, a, nice. be in a band. And um, she said, I, we, we're looking for people, and maybe you could come freelance for us. So my, fir- I, my first step into freelance was, I, I, because I was young and dumb, I said, uh, I'll just work three days a week for you guys. How about that? And she was like, fine. And so I worked um, Tuesday through Thursday at this place and I and I had a four day weekend every uh or wait <laughs> yeah and how uh, was that it was great it was great because <laughs> um nothing ever stuck to me you know like no project uh-huh. ever like I would just come in and kind of sweep up and fix things and you know maybe be off in a kickoff and come up with some ideas and then you know <laughs> it was great I really enjoyed that because um <clears throat> and, and like I said I was just trying to like be in a band and write more music and book shows and that type of thing. So looking back, I probably should have tried to make more money, but I was fine. Um, well, you're here now. Were you playing an instrument or? Yeah. Yeah. I sang and played yeah. guitar. Yeah. Nice. Um, Just a classic front man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, and then the ass fell out of the economy. Uh, the dot com boom <laughs> or bust happened here. And then. I just Great sat around for about six months. So I was like, Ooh, maybe I'm not the boy genius. I thought I was. <laughs> Um, I did a few jobs here and there. Um, but that was around the time I was writing, um, uh, a novel and that was around the time I worked on that and started really, um, putting a lot of time into that as the band was kind of breaking up. And, um, so then I, then I started freelancing in this other place and, um, as a writer, as a writer. Yep. And that turned into like kind of a, part-time thing on again off again thing and then I was starting to stretch out from there my, my goal at that phase was to try and get I wanted to have 10 clients I remember that just thinking I wanted 10 mm. people who would call me when they needed help and um mm. 
it just I just wanted to diversify, you know. That, that's very smart. That's wise. You were you were sage for your age. Well, I just was. I also wanted to be able to, um, <laughs> even though I knew I would never go for the red button. I always wanted the ability to tell someone to just kiss my ass. I don't want to work for you anymore. Um, <laughs> that's the dream but you right never there. you never do that. You just uh, but it's, sometimes it's implied. But <laughs> I just didn't want to get beholden to one guy again, you know, or one person. Um, uh-huh. So I just started. So- Oh, go for um, it. Yeah, so I I, I created this. Um, I, I can't remember when I started it. If it was in, it was probably around 2004, actually, that I created this Headley for Freelance um, persona thing, and mm-hmm. I created a website that it was during. You know, it was an election year, and I created a website that was. Um, very much like an election website. And I was like a guy running for office, except I was running for, to be your freelancer. And I made like these commercials <laughs> and oh, that's perfect. I made campaign buttons I would give to people. And, um, it that's was nice. all very like kind of corny, but at the same time in a sea of people of freelancers, you know, it was something at least. And then it gave me a reason to email people on a regular basis with like campaign updates that kind of mirrored what mm. was going on oh, in great. the, in the campaign, you know, so I had like a, there was a big freelancers convention and I, and I got the nomination there and that type of shit. So, uh, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that's it was great. good. It was, a, it, it just sort of gave me something anyhow. And I just felt a little less like, Hey, I'm another guy with some stuff. And what about, yeah, now? totally. You have to differentiate. Well, hold on. Wait one second before you go too deep. I don't want to lose this. I'm really curious about this novel. Like, I feel like you said it flippantly, but like you were like, how did that happen? You just like, you had an idea for a novel and you just started writing or what? Yeah, I was, I had the band and we weren't, you know, we weren't having as much fun as we had been prior. Um, mm. We became four guys making different music in the same room together. And um, that's uncomfortable. And it takes a little while to like realize that your rock and roll dreams aren't coming true. So rather than just face up to it and stop playing music, we just kept doing it. But um, I started just looking for a creative outlet. And so I, you know, come home at night and I would just start writing and, um, yeah, I just got this idea and started writing it and, um, it got published in 2004. Um, so that was really exciting. It was a lot of fun. Went out on a little book tour with some other writers and it was like the greatest. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. So how long, how long did you have that written before it was published? I believe I finished it. <clears throat> I believe I finished it in 2000. Two, 2001, 2002, something okay. like that. And then, okay. yeah, it wasn't too long. It wasn't, it, it, there was like a uh, real, um, it was a, it was a, my, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, my girlfriend's cousin's friend's daughter <laughs> worked in the marketing department at a, through the vine. Yeah. But everybody was reading it and liking it. And that was really the exciting thing. I was just letting, I was like, yeah. if anybody wants to read this, you're welcome to, because it took a lot of time. And, and if you want to read it. And so that was one thing that I definitely took from that was like, don't be precious about your stuff. You know, it's never gonna, mm-hmm. it just ended up in, you know, it was just ended up my, my, my wife's cousin just liked to read. So we, we sent it to her and then she just sent it. To, I don't remember, you know, but then all of a sudden I got a call from, Man. from, next thing you know, it's minting and printing. Next thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, I just think that's cool, though. I mean, I feel like you downplayed that, but I think that's, like, a thing that a lot of people aspire to do is to write a book. But also just, like, shipping a project like that and, 
I don't know, man. I, I, I think there's something to be said about that. That's nice. Well, I mean, that book that changed my life, that project, completely. Like, completely, okay. completely changed my life because I um, was working in advertising. I had been trying to make music. And I, even though I was making my living as a writer, I never really thought of myself as a writer um, mm-hmm. until sort of I, until I wrote a book and then it got published and there was a lot of validation involved in that. And then I adapted that into a screenplay. And then that was when I really like hit on, oh, I, I like this a lot. <clears throat> so that was when I really started kind of pursuing filmmaking a lot more. So that was in like early 2000s, mid 2000s? The which part you're like you're switching into filmmaking yeah probably um uh i did my first short film in 2010 i think i shot it 2010 2009 so the book was published and i wrote another book that didn't get published so that took some time and that took that was a very um um that was very difficult thing of an experience and it was really difficult to like um uh, just to come to terms with it, you know, and kind of just face yeah. up to it. Um, but in the end, I, I learned a lot from that as well. So, wow. So that's just like sitting on the shelf. Uh, in my computer shelf. Yeah. In your computer shelf. <laughs> Damn, man. That's. Oof. This has been a roller coaster already. We've got. He just <laughs> he just casually mentions that he's a published author, and now he just casually mentions that he has a book that isn't published. Man, I don't Yeah, and there was something there was something right. really like it's 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 a much cooler story to say I wrote a book it didn't get published I wrote another book and it did, right? Uh, <laughs> Man, yeah, I wrote a book yeah. it got published I wrote another book and it didn't and you're like, mm, uh-huh. my trajectory's off. Oh, <laughs> man, no. Unless unless you're sort of just gearing up for a bigger jump, right? Well, <clears throat> I think that, you know, the thing that I <laughs> realized there in that time was that I didn't enjoy writing the second book. I do. I do think it's a good book, um, and I, do, I definitely know it's more. It's uh, <laughs> I'm about to butcher the English language. I'm about to say that it's uh, uh, written better than the uh, than the first book. The language is better. Maybe the story is not as good. Um, but in that time, I was also writing screenplays, and I so enjoyed that more. So it was, you know. But I just felt like, well, a door had been opened. Maybe I'm supposed to be a, a novelist, but then I realized maybe not. Mm-hmm. Well, so at what point did you start writing screenplays, or how did you get into that one? That was when the uh, when the first book, Small Town Odds, was published. Then um, I got some uh, my, my wife as a Christmas gift, I think, got me screenwriting software, and Whoa. I um, <clears throat> so I adapted it, and that seemed really like doable because I could like look at screenplay format, mm-hmm. and then I could look at my story and try and figure out how to do it, and. They were, I didn't have to make up stuff from scratch. Um, sure. And then I really did enjoy that. And then I wrote another script from scratch and um, really liked that. And so then, since then, I've written maybe eight screenplays, um, feature screenplays, and then some other, Ooh. some other like, you know, shorts and some television stuff as well. But so hold on. Let's take a step back, I guess. Because when, what we're talking about now is like, uh, very. It's kind of like a like an artist, an artist startup career of like doing stuff that is not necessarily getting you money, right? It's sort of spec, and then maybe something gets published and all this stuff. Like, was that an original reason for going freelance, like you were, to 
be able to do this stuff on the side. Yeah, and, I, I, and yeah, yes. It was, um, like I said, the first thing was the band, and I was just like, well, I could use some more time for that. You know, I, I um, enjoy the opportunities that I get in advertising, but I'm not the most passionate advertising person, you know? And I often make the case... I, I at one point toyed around with the idea of making my um, the homepage on my website say, I hate advertising. That's what makes me good at mm. it. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> because I am always the... Right? I'm the target audience. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not the guy sitting around being like, I can't wait to see the next amazing commercial. I'm the guy trying to watch the football and your commercial's in my way, right? So... Um, but any rate, yeah, I, you know, I always, I just, I just feel better when I have a little more balance and it seemed like I was, um, better at giving my life balance than, um, any corporations were. So I just tried to, you know, put that in my own hands. So I feel like to me, at least there's just like a gap here from like, so you're doing this part-time in the band and like that sort of stuff, but how were you managing to just like roll with the freelance career with this stuff? You know what I mean? Like you were managing a freelance career for several years, which to me seems like a pretty big job because like you're the only one who's marketing yourself for the most part, right? You're the only one who's getting the the, the business. Right. Yes. Um, well, in the early years, there was a lot more, um, there was a lot more work to it. You know, um, I had to be out getting seen and getting known. Um, and then over time, if you just don't fuck up, then, um, people, you know, you know, it is people go from one agency to another and they're here and there. And, and then when someone says, Oh, we need a hand with something, they go, Oh, you know what? I worked with this guy over at the other place. He was pretty good. And then, you know, that's kind of how you start to spread around like a virus a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, so there's the, so that's, I mean, that's how I've sort of managed it. At the beginning, there was a lot more like sweating it and a lot more feeling like, Oh man, I'd like to be working with these people less and maybe those people more, you know, and trying to move that push that sand over in that direction but now you know it's it's not it's not too bad like people kind of know who i am and if they want to work with me they know how Mm -hmm. to get a hold of me so it's it's a fortunate place to be that's nice congratulations thank you i mean the funny thing is though even then san francisco is a very small city and the advertising community is very small and yet there are tons of people i don't know because (laughs) <laughs> there are certain agencies I've just never set foot in. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. And not by any design or anything. I, I've, I've never, um, I've never like boycotted any particular place. I just go where, where, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather go where people um, call and want me than to go knock, yeah. on, knock on the door and be like, it, Hey, what are you guys doing in there? The, <laughs> the, the warm call versus the cold call, right? Yeah. 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 Or it's like, I guess they call you versus you're cold calling. Yeah. Yeah, That's no fun. Cold calling is a tough, uh, it's a tough conversion rate too. Well, in, 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 in olden times you used to have to, um, like people weren't that, um, hip on, uh, like looking at websites for like now that's what you do. Mm -hmm. You just look at, you know, you're like, look at me, see your stuff and you go to a website, but people still Mm -hmm. wanted your book. And so you had to schlep this damn book around and then if someone else had it, then you'd be like, I have to wait until they get it back from them, you know? Um, so is it safe to say that the days of handing out campaign buttons are gone? How do you, how do you go about cultivating and growing a client base now? Or is it like you mentioned, purely based on reputation? Do you not even have to think about that anymore? Is it self-perpetuating? 
I have um, the best buttons I've ever had in my in my button career right now. Uh, my friend Alina <laughs> wow. made these amazing buttons. They're so good, <laughs> and I just don't ever give them out anymore. It's a yeah, it's a real sad. It's a real sad. Uh... Feel free to send some out this way. I'm happy to pay for shipping. <laughs> I just need. Uh, I want to see you wearing them in every photo I see, though. Um, well, yeah, I'll take a few photos. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it, you know. Now it's, um, yeah, people call, you work with people, you try to, like, now I don't, you know, it's the same, like, the, in the um, freelance underground, we don't necessarily call the places, we call the other freelancers first, uh. you know, and you say, hey, what's going on out there, you know, if somebody, if you're in that spot, um, you know, so I get those from people, like, you know, what are you up to, you know, if you, if you got any spillover, I have a, a guy here in town that I, it's funny, we should be like competitors, but we actually just, if we're busy, we send work to the other guy and, um, there's always that danger. That sounds that great. Going. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's like, you know, it, you can sit around and worry about that stuff, but he's, he's a good guy. And if they, if they like him and want to work with him more, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also been trying to work more, um, client direct stuff. Um, yeah. and that's been really good. I, I really enjoy that. I'm sort of at a little so bit. How, of, how do you pursue that? Or how does that come about? It just sort of, I don't know. Some of it... It just appears. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, like, some of it, like, comes from people might see one of my videos. You know, like, it's not about the nail, got, like, 11 million views. and Yeah, I was going to mention that. I was gonna, I was going to ask what the impact of that was, because that, that's pretty crazy, man. I think a lot of people look at that and be like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. It was fun. It was like super fun. And like for two weeks, my job was to answer emails. It was just to wake up Fuck. and just, and they would work and they, way to do that. Yeah. Thanks. And it was really, it was really satisfying that I had done so many other things prior to that, you know, like the whole at the bar mm-hmm. series was out there and oh, some yeah. other shorts. And so that people who were, um, you know, influential people, uh, could look and go, Oh, this guy has a voice and has done a bunch of stuff. So, mm-hmm. so from that, I got, you know, some meetings, um, with, um, you know, like agents and managers and lawyers down in LA and that type of thing. So that was, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember cause it, so when we, we met in summer of, I want to say 2012, it must've been, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Summer 2012. And, um, we had stayed in touch which is really cool. Thanks for doing that because especially, I mean, besides the fact that you were involved in our project, like I was very interested in film. Um, I was really interested in what you were doing. And so you've sent a few things over and I remember you sending the bar stuff and sending me some other projects and I was like, Oh man, it's so good. Like I love this work. So cool. And then the nail, you sent me the nail one. And I mean, it was still really great. It was all really great. But then that one just blew up. And I was just, I mean, I was really excited. I was like, man, good for, good for Jason, because you have been putting in your time and you're super skilled and I'm not pandering here. I'm not like trying to make you feel uncomfortable, but seriously, like, you know, you've just been killing it on that stuff. So it was was really exciting to just see that thing blow up. Uh, And for good reason, it was a great story. Well told. Well, that was the, that was one thing that was rewarding about that was that it was, um, I knew I knew when uh, when when the idea came to me, and it was actually via a friend of mine. It was a, it was my thing echoed back to me by a friend, where she said oh, I, was, nice. I was telling them something, and then she goes, "You should make a uh, short of that." And I was like, "Oh my god, you're right! I didn't even think of that." Um, but uh, 
any rate, the nice thing was it was quick and easy to make because like I kind of knew the people that I'd get and, um, it was, it was a fun, easy day. And, um, and when, you know, when, like I said, it was just nice that if that had been the first thing I had ever done, I wouldn't have known what to do or how to behave or anything. Whereas now, you know, I've I've put out some things since then and obviously they've gotten nowhere near that mm-hmm. um i mean it doesn't get better blew up there for a minute and got like half a million views real quick and then that was nice yeah that was, that was a very good one but um yeah. but the nice thing is i just i know like um that you know that I, I know what that was and where it fits and all that type of thing so it was mm-hmm. a lot easier to keep it in perspective mm-hmm. we'll, we'll link to that stuff for sure no doubt um, so you've already kind of illustrated one of the major benefits of having your own outfit and being a freelancer which is it affords you the time and the resources to make some of these awesome projects to do some of this amazing work uh that maybe people who work a normal nine to five and weekends wouldn't have the time to do but maybe for some of our audience i know i am personally and i think a lot of people who are in our boat are the same way are looking to move from a full-time gig to freelance did you experience any sort of like growing pains or pitfalls when you made the jump from doing something more regular to doing something more self-sustaining? Oh yeah, completely. It's just a series of, um, it's learning how to walk basically. It's, um, I mean, I didn't know how to, um, I didn't know how to like professionally contact people. I didn't know how to, um, be, I still, you know, you still struggle with the, at what point am I a pest, you know, squeaky wheel versus pain in the ass. Um, yep, yep. I didn't know how to, I didn't know, um, like I didn't, when I first started, I didn't have any sort of, um, accounting software, you know, which I highly oh, yeah. recommend just throw down the, whatever it costs to get well, QuickBooks. J- Jason, you know, we should, they should really get his harvest, which is what I use. Okay. And they're actually a sponsor of the show. Okay. And, there I, you and go. I'm not just saying it because of that. That's fine. Delete, honestly, delete out what I, I said. You should use harvest. But you should use something because I used to have just like a series of, um, I mean, A, it wasn't that many. I wasn't that busy, but it was just a bunch sure. of like spreadsheets and, um, it's just so much better to just be able to click a thing paid done and you, you know, um, seriously, dude, I honestly harvest is that and I'm not just like trying to sell that because there's, it's like amazing, super easy time tracking, all that stuff. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's the benefit of some of these digital tools that are available now, I think to freelancers, yeah, it's a whole different, like, yeah, I mean, now I can just, you know, you can click a thing and be like, who's, you know, every now and then I just click and look like, is anybody behind on a payment? And it just mm-hmm. tells me, you know, <clears throat> so. Yeah. But yeah, all that stuff. And then and, built right in. You can just, they can show up at front doors with baseball bats. <laughs> exactly. Well. <laughs> Send the thugs. I don't know if they built that feature yet, but <laughs> um, we're working on it. They just have the break a leg button. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but all that stuff, like it was a real, like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And the only thing I did know what I was doing was, um, the work, you know, but even that takes okay. on like a, um, a different, um, you know, the air feels different when you walk in the first few times as like the hired gun, right? Because you feel oh, yeah. like you're supposed to be, um, you got to prove yourself, right? Yeah. You're supposed to, you feel like you're supposed to be the wolf from uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, yeah. Harvey Keitel showing uh-huh. up in a tuxedo. Fixer, right. Hey, you um, know, it's funny. I actually used that reference recently, uh, to get a job, um, for, it's actually Gumroad, uh, their startup in San Francisco, but somebody had referred them to me 
and uh, he had sent me an email. I was like, hey, listen, I approached this like the wolf, like, and I like linked to that YouTube, and I was like, I'm I'm here when you need me, and uh, we'll make it happen. Yeah. Now the only thing and, I heard uh, yeah. there was that you're stealing work out of my town. Oh yeah, right. You're not. Come on, that's not. <laughs> Get out of here. Listen, Listen, you can come visit Minneapolis. And you don't take, see me strolling up into Minnehaha and taking some people with me. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. So, <laughs> the internet, right? It's the internet. Uh, um, right. But so, yeah, the, at the same time, there's that. And then there's also like, you do want to be that person. Like, frankly, mm-hmm. I, I, I hope that people feel like when they call me and when I'm on the job, they know it's going to be cool, you know? Hell yeah. So, but it takes time, you know, all that stuff. You, just it, it's just i mean you know d- down to the you know the name of your podcast like th- that stuff you you want to like know some secret move and what it is is just you just do <laughs> it and you do it and you do it and then at one point you're like yeah i know what this is so yeah i think for me something i've struggled well not well yeah sort of struggled with is um especially i think you know like i was freelancing when i was in school and uh some people that not, did not necessarily even know i was in school at the time and it, it obviously wasn't an issue um, but like I came from that and I came from like trying to almost overprove myself, you know, right. I felt like I needed to like compensate. Um, and so you still feel that pressure in any of these situations. Like you have something to prove every single time and you need to kill yourself for the job when sometimes honestly, like the expectation isn't even that, and you don't need to destroy yourself to like do this work, you know, yep. and, uh, not to say you should settle, but. I don't know. It's just like getting more comfortable with uh, with your gut and with like what what you're doing, and not trying to like overcompensate for it. It's kind of a tough balance. Yeah, recognizing what, what a good idea is will save you a lot of trouble. Because if you know <laughs> I, if it's a good very idea, well said. if it's a good idea the first day, that's a good idea. You don't have to, you know, like you'll know if you again like when you do it enough, you're just like that's really good. Like I'm, I know that's going to the client for sure. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, this is a question that I have for both of you. Uh, me being, I have freelance in the past, but I'm been more of a nine to five, regular advertising gig sort of guy in my career so far. What are some of the less glamorous parts of freelance? Because to me, it seems like a paradise. You set your hours, you <laughs> find your clients. You know, you probably make. A little better cut than you would at a salaried position what do you guys dislike about this being on your own business well one that's like really um kind of uh popped up in my life here more recently is like it's funny the feeling of <clears throat> you do have that sense of like i'm a freelancer i can do whatever i want and um sure. it's true um but also i do enjoy a certain level of stability um and so sometimes I find myself, my wife and I <clears throat> will, will not plan travel because we'll be like, I don't know what will be going on. You know, like what's going to be happening in July? I don't know. And, we, you know, it, it, I kind of have to talk, um, talk us out of that sometimes. Be like, you know what? Let's plan it. And if something amazing comes up, um, then we'll, we'll work around it. You know, or we'll cancel it or sure. whatever. But, um, it, you know, that's, that's a little less so for like freelance add things than like right now I've kind of got my toe in the film world, you know, and I don't want to have some great opportunity come up that I've been <clears throat> working my years to get and then be like, I'm actually going to be out of town, you know? So, <laughs> right, um, right. but if it were something like that, I would just say, well, what's it? We'll just eat the cost and guess what? 
So, but yeah, that, right. that, that sense of being free and yet tethered is the, is the, I think on, mm-hmm. on any level is, is the biggest thing. You're like, I can do anything, but I should probably stick around here in case anybody calls, you know? See, that's fascinating <laughs> yeah. to me because I, when I think of freelancing, I do really honestly think of the freedom being the most motivating factor, but yeah, and it is incredibly free because, like, I don't have to fill out a form for vacation. That's the one thing. Yeah, it's like, right, right. It's ridiculous to fill out a form for vacation. Um, so, like, I don't have to do that. And I don't have to, you know, if I, um, you know, the other day, my wife and I, like, ran up to Sonoma real quick for an afternoon and picked up some wine. And, like, all I had to do was just, like, hey. shuffle a couple things and be like, oh, yeah, I'm not available. And then, you know, I've kind of <laughs> played hooky. Done. and. Yeah, and it was great. But like, as we're doing it, we were like a little tee hee. Like, we never do this, you know. Like, we should. We completely <laughs> That's should. That's nice. That's nice. That's well. See, you, what you're saying is like, yeah, the freedom part of not having to do anything is great. But the reality is, you have to do so much stuff because there aren't uh, people or or infrastructure to do it for you. You know, I mean, things like Harvest really make my life easier for invoicing and time tracking and that sort of stuff. And like setting up my systems, whether that's file management or uh, contracts or estimates, but like those things all need to happen. And the crazy thing is, once you win that, or once you get that, or whatever, like then you still have to do the work, and you have to do it. You know, um, so it's like I don't know. It's sort of a weird balance between like being the business person and then also being the creative, quote unquote, creative to do the work and just like balancing that and trying to figure out the balance of projects, you know, you're evaluating it through a portfolio lens or a relationship lens or whatever. And you're always trying to do your best work and you need to like get a certain amount of money to be able to, you know, allow yourself an amount of time and et cetera, et cetera. Just like, there's a lot of uh, balance that is built into a full-time job that isn't built into freelance yeah you know? that's definitely true and yeah the, the thing you know, the the, yeah. the lenses are definitely a thing where you sometimes you're sometimes you're too busy right you shouldn't take another job but it's somebody new it's like somebody you haven't worked with mm-hmm. before and you're like well i don't want to that you know that that Miss that out, might man. not come back around right so yeah. you'll just you'll just eat it and just really overwhelm yourself and the, the, you, you also really learn quickly about like saying yes to something, saying yes to a C minus project now means that if, you know, an A plus project comes down the road, you may not be available to do it, you know? So you Mm -hmm. have to balance. There's that extra stress of, you know, if I say yes to this and nothing else happens, then I've definitely won because at least I'm doing something and I'm getting paid. But if, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple other things come up and you're like, I don't, I don't have any time to do that. And then same goes with like, you know, personal projects, as well you know there's only so much time to do things right there's basically like disappointment around every turn uh from (laughs) all points and i don't mean to be cynical but honestly like when you think about when you think about your life like it it is made up of a lot of different components and your freelance life is made up of these business components of these like agency contacts or these clients or whatever um your personal life you know you have maybe relationships you have family you know your art life you might have these personal projects you want to do you have your health and all of these things are trying to pull a certain amount. And if you're doing it, the freelance thing, it's especially important for you to try and balance those out, but it's very easy to disappoint one of those things like daily, you know? Yeah. But uh, so you know, just, on the flip side yeah. of that is 
the other thing so, so like the 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 really short punches i, I don't i don't want a full-time job ever again so there's that's yeah. the clearest indication of how i feel about it you know like i've uh, been offered uh, jobs and i don't want them um and the balance of you know the quote-unquote balance of the full-time job is really just an illusion because uh, you're balanced because you know you know what you're going to be doing for <laughs> you know 40 50 whatever it is hours per week um, you know what that time is, but you still have to go to the grocery store, you know, and you still have to do all that stuff. Yeah. Difference is I can do it, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon and run to the grocery store when yeah. it isn't packed with people. So it's just the, 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 um, you, you know, you get a, you get a box if you have a job and, and if you have freelance, you just get all the parts that are in the box and now they're in your hands. Right? Uh, but you have to go get them too. I think that's kind of where the big jumping point is for a lot of people. Um, so I'm, I'm actually not cynical about this. I was just like representing that perspective. I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, that's clearly why I'm doing it and the ability to do other projects outside of that. Not that taking a full-time job would mean I couldn't do side projects, but it would severely limit a lot of the stuff I'm doing. Um, the freedom is great. I, I think what's hard for a lot of people is to put themselves in a position skill-wise and relationship-wise and professionalism-wise to make that jump. And then to have the gumption to like see it through, you know, it's not, I think, I don't know. Definitely not for everybody. Right now it's especially difficult. What did you say? Definitely not for everybody. You know, I've known people who are like, I'm going freelance. And I think that's a bad idea for you. You know, you're (laughs) you're a good office person. And that's not a knock either. No, no, they're great. They're great creatives. You know, they're great, you know, whatever, but they're just, yeah, it, they're pieces that are, it's just different. It's just a different skill, you know. It's just like being right-handed or left-handed. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's not. Do you think, Vinny? Do you think you would ever go freelance? Yeah, you know, I've tried freelance out of necessity before, uh, when I was yeah. forcibly between jobs, uh, and I I liked it. It's a very nerve-wracking sort of life stage to be in for me. <laughs> uh, you know, you there's. There's living paycheck to paycheck, and then there's living potential paycheck to potential paycheck, <laughs> which is just an added level of of worry yeah. to me. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it, and I had a lot of rewarding experiences doing it, and I got to work with you a bit, Grant, so yeah. that was rewarding yeah, as well. <laughs> but I think I see myself mainly as a, uh, as a nine-to-five guy. I'm comfortable there. I like the stability. I like regimen. Mm-hmm. And I'm always available to do like freelance in my spare time, mm-hmm. which I do to this day. So, which you do, which you do. Yeah. So I don't know that I'll ever like. like maybe at some point in my career, I don't want to do advertising forever, but at some point I might break off to do freelance only. But it seems well, the other thing it does too, seem the freelance... like it takes a certain level of steel that I either haven't developed yet or maybe don't have. <laughs> well. Well, the freelance also, it's, you know, it, it should be something that we, you sh- have keep in mind, even in a full-time job, but it might, I, I refer to it as, um, you know, minding the size of your dragon, like your, your, your financial dragon, like how many, uh-huh. how many, um, you know, how, how big a dragon are you trying to feed? Right. Like, so what, what's your, you know, your rent, or your mortgage. I, and then like, I call it the hurdle, like how high is the hurdle you have to jump over yeah, every month? Yeah. And so, yeah, there are people, you know, some people at the start of every month, they got a lot of feeding, they got a lot of dragon to feed that month. 
Uh, yeah. You know, so that's one hungry nice thing dragon, is, boys. That's right. And uh, the dragon gets angry. So, um, <laughs> so seriously, you got to just like, you know, I, I, I keep a fairly small dragon, re- relatively speaking, to mm-hmm. um, and to, and that that helps me relax. That's part of the freelance life. Yeah, it really helps right. me relax because I'm like, well, you know, this month wasn't as good. But maybe next month will be fine, but I'm not freaking out. If everyone agrees, I think this would be a great time for our weekly off-topic topic. And uh, Jason, if you're not familiar, every week we do this. We like. Uh, we gear down the conversation for a minute, do something completely off base, helps us refresh our minds, helps the listener refresh their minds. Uh, and this week... It's like coffee. It's like sniffing coffee beans between the cologne. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, so we're talking to you, Mr. Jason Headley, a man who has had many successes. He is a published author. He has been featured on Funny or Die. He's been featured on NBC. You can see his work all over the internet and elsewhere. Clearly, you've done many things very right in your career. But our off-topic topic today is kind of the other side of the coin. And that is fuck-ups, for lack of a more graceful term. When, when in our careers or our lives have we just kind of dropped the ball or things haven't gone the right way? And if there's a good story that comes about of it, well then, that's what we're talking about right now. Okay, sounds good. Well, I mean, I mentioned <laughs> we, the unpublished I mean, we can, the unpublished we can get the ball novel. rolling if you want to start us <laughs> off, Grant. Not to put you on the spot, but... Oh, sure, 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 sure. Um, I will... This is maybe a lighter... Well... Hmm. It doesn't have to be serious, man. There's just... There are so many <laughs> to choose from. I, I really... Uh, so many, man. But I remember there was a particular time. Actually, yeah, these two are like sort of coinciding. They happened at, at similar times. This was when I, God, man, I was in school and I was um, I was working at a startup agency called OMG Agency. And these yep. guys were graduated and they were trying to do this thing full time and make it a real thing. And I was like a sophomore at the time. And I started as an intern and got super involved and was just like way ambitious and way into this stuff the next week the very next week i had like forwarded an email on to a client and i had like the title of that email the subject line was something like um like company name let's just pretend it was nike it was clearly not nike it was like (laughs) nike shit and uh the client is somebody who i've worked with a ton uh we have a great relationship and he comes from like a really like formal relationship background. He's originally from Japan and he takes like the client and uh, like the agency relationship very seriously. And he saw that as like the forwarded subject line and was really, really mad. Livid. And uh, sent me, sent me like sort of a reprimand email and I had to apologize. There's, I mean, there's small things, but you got to know your audience, man. Right. That's the lesson learned. Yeah, I guess <laughs> those are good ones, man. Yeah. What about you, Vinny? Oh, I have a good one. Uh, so this has been, I was working at Campbell Methune as a, as a green, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed junior writer. And being a junior writer, I was in charge of social media a lot and doing like Facebook posts, etc. And so I was on the Facebook account for Purina Dog Chow. And they were going to have a partnership with this, uh, with the Snowy and Tintin movie. 
You guys remember that? It's like a couple years ago. Is that mm-hmm. animated the what? Tintin movie? Snowy. Um, oh yeah. Okay. And so they hadn't announced their partnership yet, but when they did, it was going to be, you know, all over social media, and it was going to be my job to post from Perina's end. Uh, this partnership was happening, and so I misread the month and day line of the when should be we post these posts. Ooh. So I flipped them and posted a couple of things about the relationship like two and a half weeks early. <laughs> and we got a call from Paramount's lawyers complaining, <laughs> how can you post this early? How can you guys be so careless? It was not good. It was definitely uh, a mistake. And then a couple weeks later, to this day, I was told that it was not because of this little incident, but they uh, they put the social media in the hands of their digital agency instead of us. Oh. So, so <laughs> pretty legitimate consequences from just not uh, crossing my T's and dotting my I's and posting uh, shit when I shouldn't have been posting it. Man, so you, you basically lost the account. Good work, man. Basically, I drove that account away. Yeah, not good. <laughs> nice. Did you keep your job? I did. I did for six <laughs> more months. Well, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. He set the timer, though. That's <laughs> yeah. right. The countdown he, 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 he was lit, on. He lit the fuse. <laughs> I'll be over here slowly packing a box if you guys need me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Just one, one item a day. Just one item a day. Yeah. It was, that was part of the reason, actually, Vince was able to go on Creators Go West. So I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, there were a round of layoffs uh, a few months later. Just typical, like, ebbs and flows of agency life. And uh, yeah. I got a Nothing I got specific. No, no big fuck-ups, like the Purina account or anything. They didn't say specifically. It was just random, right? How's that? Oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, nothing. Okay, we're good. Those are Give good ones. Time. Jason. I'm trying to th- so, like, it's funny because as you're telling these stories, I have the, f- like, I know that feeling in your stomach. You know, where you're like, oh, uh-huh. no. This is right? bad. Where, so where bad. everything goes in slow-mo. But I think maybe I've been really good at just, like, bricking those off behind a wall because I'm sitting here going, like, what? You know, I know I've done it. That's a good move. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm like from West Virginia. That's what you do with emotions. Weight and gold. What's that? Well, <laughs> that you, you have a good got, therapist. You've got to shut out those experiences if they if they i exist. thought the idea was to like reveal those and work through the them, slow I, well that's the uh the the one of the ongoing jokes here at my house is the west virginian inside of me that's where i'm from and where i grew, oh, yeah. grew up and uh you know the, and I'm, I'm slowly becoming more californian you know and um and <laughs> it, but there's a real battle between those two guys the the west virginian jason and the Cal because the west virginian jason goes like well that happened don't worry about it and don't ever talk about it and <laughs> California Jason goes, but we have to talk about it, man. Um, uh, well, I mean, wow. I guess in some way, that, that's in some way. So this is a, uh, I don't know if it's fuck up so much as a failure, right? We were talking about the book that didn't get published. Mm. And um, so I, I, I put on my West Virginia boots and went like, well, what are you going to do? Right. Life isn't fair. And it's certainly not as bad as trapped in a coal mine so you know it's fine <laughs> and uh but meanwhile i was having like a lot of um just like internalized stress and to the point yeah. where um where i was grinding my teeth a lot 
at night and my jaw was popping while I was eating and things like that. And so yeah. one time I was at the dentist and, uh, I said, ah, this one tooth kind of hurts a little bit. And he looked at it and he's like, oh yeah, you've cracked it. Like a little hairline fracture, like crack in my tooth from grinding my teeth. And, uh, he said, he said, well, you know, we can hook you up with a mouthpiece thing you can wear at night. So you don't have to do that. And I said, you know what? I think what I'm going to do instead is go home and have a talk with myself. And, uh, so I did, I just sat there and was like, really dug all that stuff back out and went, went through it you know, like one emotion at a time and, uh, just faced up to the failure of it. And then my teeth are fine now. Do you have a mirror? Were you like looking in the mirror when you did this? <laughs> no, no. I was looking, I was at, picturing that looking in the mirror of my soul. Oh, <laughs> nice. Well, the inner mirror. Dude, that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Infinitely as far deep. as failure stories go, that sounds like it was extremely productive and cathartic. So, I mean, yeah, it was, I came out the other like side. That, I mean, you're going to be all right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Get a good dentist in your That's right. Just get a good yeah. dentist. I think that's the lesson. <laughs> that's the lesson of all of this, really. Right. I think the, the whole, whole point of the show thing. is to let everybody You guys should know. get yeah. a dentist sponsor for this show. Brought to you by Delta oh, yeah. Dental. I forgot to mention. <laughs> uh, I actually had a – the one client I was talking about was a dental product startup that for TMJ, TMD patients. Jaw, which right? like you. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, we were like dancing around it, and then you, yeah, you could have still. It could have been any number of um, dental startups I work with, but now it's specific. Okay, great, you bought it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know it was a secret, I'm, man. I'm just kidding. No, yeah, it was those guys. Yeah, they're great. They're great. Yeah, so I mean, that's that is I, fucking up once you're once you're busting up your own perfectly good teeth. That's fuck up, right? <laughs> kinda. I'm not. Gonna I guess argue, I kind. I grind my great. teeth too. Do you think I should deal with this, Jason? Deal with your teeth. Teeth grinding. So, did you stop grinding your teeth? I did. I don't do it anymore. I'll do it occasionally if I'm if I'm. It's an indicator for me. Like if I wake up and my jaw, I'll be like, okay, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. definitely like working on too many things, you know, or like got it. I, I think that's kind of nice to have like an internal biomechanical indicator like of when you're stressed. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want it's great. that. I, I mean, tell obviously, you it's great. I do not, but it'd be nice <laughs> to know when I was I was in over my head, right? <laughs> yeah yeah well i can tell you if only yeah i was gonna say like I, i'm here man i'm I'm here talk to me yeah. i can right I'll let you know um we have a pact so i feel like man we've we've pretty much dissected a lot of this um obviously there's so much to talk about with freelancing that is like really tactical or really high level but i'm wondering if maybe we just like go into some last thoughts on the whole topic yeah. um or yeah that sound good, man. That sounds great to me. I'm interested yeah. to hear. I mean, this is something we've been doing lately. I think it's going to be oh, great yeah. with Mr. Headley. Uh, if you could, I love that we're calling him Mr. Headley. By the way, we're very formal with you, <laughs> J Dog. I, I broke it there. I'll take it. I'll take it wherever I can get it. <laughs> I'll take, right. oh, take the formality or the J Dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Vinny. Sorry. So what? What we love is to end the show on a couple notes. And that is, if you could let our audience know uh, two things, two things. How can they support you? And what would you like them to take away from your time on the show? Well, those are, those are hard questions. This is heavy. This is super heavy. I mean, a simple way to support you would probably be, you know, they could look at your work as it, at jasonheadley.com, something like That's that. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I guess. Follow you on the social medias. 
Yeah, I, yeah. If you want to do that, send you money. That'd be great. I'm 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 going to be working on a feature film project soon, figuring out how to um, get the money together for that. So, like, at some point, I'll be begging people for money. So that'll be happening. So if you want in on like, that, sweet like via action, Kickstarter or like legitimately. Uh, well, like, it depends. Uh, I've got a couple of ideas and a couple of ways, but <clears throat> um, it's a nice little film, and it, there's no reason to not make it um, production wise. Yeah. So um, I'm going to be doing that. Um, well, if, people, uh, if people want to keep their ears and potentially wallets open for when that starts up, where would they where would they find those communications? Yeah, if you go to jasonheadley.com, um, that's H-E-A-D-L-E-Y, um, you, at the top you can follow me on Twitter or there's an email list. Um, mm. Twitter is probably the, the to get them. I, I don't really tweet too many random things about like lunch and things like that. So you don't Pretty to, focused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made... I made a new thing two weeks later. I made a new thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, made, I did yeah. see a burrito post a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I had, wow, I had a, you went deep. I had a burrito situation, but I made it through. <laughs> All right. But that's not the Hold norm. In there? <laughs> no. Um, so that's that. And then what do people take from it? I don't know. I, well, okay. I guess. <laughs> should people be freelancers? Oh, no. Should, yeah, everyone should freelance. <laughs> um, Anarchy. I think... I think the thing yeah, to take. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> I think the thing to take is like um, the, the thing. The thing that I've that's really like made my life better over the past few years is um, is like getting um, a stronger sense of what I like and you know what what's good from my perspective. Like when I was younger, I used to I used to say like that's good and that's bad, right? I, I like that, therefore it's good. And I don't like that, so it must not be any good. And now that I'm older, I kind of see things and I go, oh, I like that. Um, I don't really care for that, but some people seem to, and that's good for them, you know. Um, or, you know, I, I, maybe I wasn't in the right headspace when I was exposed to that, and so maybe maybe I'll try it again later or whatever, you know. Um, certain things are still bad. How do, but How do people develop that, though? That, it sounds like sort of a self-awareness and like a sense of taste. I think it's also just like putting down, um, I think a lot of that is fear-based. You know, I think when you're afraid, when I was younger, I think I was afraid of being wrong. And, if, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't as secure in my, um, in that, that what I liked was, that it was enough for me to like it. You know, I felt like I needed more people to like it. Um, and I think it like that closed off doors and, and made, um, made things less, uh, enjoyable, you know, like you can just, you can leave a thing and just say like, ah, it wasn't for me. And, um, but the, the, the time spent like dogging on stuff that you don't like is not, not really worth it. And, um, so that's, I think that's the biggest, and it also has made it hugely, easier for me just to be an um, artist because I know when I'm making something I can tell if it's good or not because I'm enjoying it you know or I like it or it makes mm -hmm. me laugh and um, so and that's enough for me now it's like if, if, yeah. if I'm just going to put things out there that I like and if other people like them great and if not also fine you know mm -hmm. so that's great advice. I like kind of just like doing more things or like doing the sort of work that you like and that you appreciate because that's like makes it worth it, right? Yeah. It's the, it's, if, if everybody did that, if everybody was more true, actually I listened to this amazing, um, 
talk by uh, Charlie Kaufman, and he was just talking about that. Like, if if I tell you about my life and you tell me about yours, then you know we'll, we'll it'll be interesting to both of us. But if you if we all try to tell like some broad general story that we think is what people want to hear, then then we all hear the same shit over and over again. You know, so. Um, Man, I'm really yeah. glad you brought that up because I know even even like doing freelance work on the side, it's not always easy to like understand when you should take a project and when you should dive into something and start putting your time into it. And I think there's a real pressure just to like take it all and tell yourself like, in the future, I'll develop taste. In the future... I'll start to set up more parameters, but I just need to get off the ground right now. But Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying is that you shouldn't sweat it as much and you should try to be true to yourself from the get-go and good things will follow. Yeah, I mean, you're always going to learn something from, from, you know, like in the work world, you might take a project and you may not be 100% or even 60% what you want to be doing, (laughs) but you you might get something from it, you know, so always be open to that. Uh, and that's all like great, easy sage advice to sit here from a podcast microphone when you're down in the, yeah. when you're down in the trench and you're just sitting there, you know, with the latrine next to you, you're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this, everything about this sucks. And, um, so yeah, but yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a big thing that I've really been kind of using as my sort of like guide star. And you know, another thing I did a couple yeah. of years ago was I used to have two sites. I used to have a Headley for freelance site that was my advertising stuff. And then a Jason Headley site that was my other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, I decided to not do that anymore. And it's such a small thing, but it's really like made it, made me feel like more whole as a person. Like this is who I am. This is what I do. So if you like, you know, cause some people in the ad world might enjoy the short films and some people who come for the films might enjoy the commercials. So I just put it all in one big pile. And I was like, if that's messy for you, imagine how I feel. So. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's that's really interesting. Well, Very there's well like said. it's kind of an interesting theme or uh, uh, kind of uh, like a hotter thing right now. Is like especially people are trying to find their sense of self, and you know our generation is trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. They're very like passion driven, and and it's kind of that uh, into the wild Chris McCandless talk of like being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And asking yourself if you if what you're doing is for you or if it is for the perceived expectations of others, um, and I think even on a smaller level, sometimes we do that with our own work. You know, like if your true ambition is to make this kind of thing, um, I feel like it's really easy to fall down the path and the trap of just making the like following that path of least resistance to getting the work or to getting the whatever and pleasing the client or pleasing. Eh, and just doing that, um, which is kind of dangerous. And the other thing is, uh, it, what, what I heard from you was like a sense of confidence in your taste. And to me, that's been a theme for me lately, which is being happy with the process and not putting too much, um, too much of my happiness on the outcomes and the validation from other sources, you know, being happy with like the hand I played and sort of looking at things through like a process-based uh, lens instead of an outcomes-based lens. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to get to, but super valuable, I think. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, you want to surround yourself with people who give feedback in terms that are, mm-hmm. um, that are couched that way. If you, you know, if I, if I read a friend's script and I say, 
you know what, this didn't do anything for me right here, or I tripped on this, and this is why I think, whatever, but it's all about me. It's not, you did this wrong, you know, and this is all mm-hmm. screwed up. It's just, here's some information. I'm giving you one man's perspective. You can use it how you see fit, you know? Hell yeah. Hells yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, thanks for, uh, yeah. I mean, so much yeah. great stuff, Jason. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I'm glad it all worked out. I'm glad you guys are uh, doing this, and um, um, hope to see you on the West Coast again sometime. You will. You will yeah. soon. I think uh, we're plotting and planning some travels out there. I think we're going to take the uh, podcast on the road. Hopefully, at some point here. Roadcast. Oh, really, this is the first time hearing I'm about gonna... it. <laughs> oh, wow, Jesus, man! <laughs> and uh, we got to run out to San Francisco, steal some more of Headley's business. You know, <laughs> right? Um, I'll be much. I'll uh, mind the perimeter. <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm just picturing Headley like with a pitchfork walking around the outskirts of San Francisco <laughs> the city limits of San Fran <laughs> kids get off my lawn <laughs> <laughs>